You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. We hope that everyone is doing well on this Monday, that you had a great weekend, enjoyed some time with friends and family, however you spent it. Hopefully watching a lot of football and all of the other television events and sporting events from over the weekend. College football continues to move along. We saw the first Sunday full of National Football League games. A lot of fun. The Atlanta Falcons playing on our airwaves on here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Lost a heartbreaker yesterday to open up <laughs> their season. The Atlanta Braves had a tough weekend in Seattle as uh, they have now fallen back behind the New York Mets in the National League Eastern Division lead. And, of course, the Auburn Tigers walk away with their second victory of the season, this time a eight-point victory, 24-16, the final score over San Jose State. I would imagine we'll have lots of conversations about that Auburn football team, and we'll do that all throughout today's show. Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers joins us on the program at 4.30. We've got best and worst of the weekend. We've got birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide, and so much more on this Monday. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of this program, and on the show with me today, I've got Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy here with me inside our studios. Tom, you go first today. How are you, sir? How was your weekend? Oh, doing great. Uh, uh, weekend was the weekend. Uh, not a good weekend for sports. Yeah, Auburn did get the win, but obviously a very ugly win against an inferior opponent. Uh, really started to kind of think that my bold prediction from several weeks ago was uh-huh. starting to come to fruition, which was that Auburn would lose that week two game to San Jose State. And that's all I could keep thinking about as we got towards halftime of that game. It's like, oh my gosh, that bold prediction I made might actually come true here. And please don't, please don't let this come true. But, uh, you know, Auburn got a win in an ugly way. And yes, while it was ugly and there's still so many concerns with this team, it's better than the other option, which was a loss. Yeah. And you can't say the same for Notre Dame or Texas A&M oh or Nebraska or some of these others that, that took an L over the weekend when they shouldn't have. So there's that. And then uh, disappointed in the Braves, the way they finished off the series with uh, the Mariners. Uh, Kenley Jensen, goodness gracious, uh, he may lead the majors in saves, but, I mean, he's he blown. He in blown saves he's, as he, well. He's, he's – <laughs> blowing he's blowing saves right here at critical moments that i mean the the braves make a, a miraculous comeback against the mariners in the ninth inning down six two right yeah down yeah. six two with two outs and come back oh and and take the lead and then kenley jensen promptly blows the lead so um and then there's the falcons hmm. i'll let cam talk more about the falcons <laughs> but 
some good NFL games uh, throughout, unless you're a Falcons fan. But, yeah, just overall, decent weekend. I, I wish it had been a little happier on the sports side, but otherwise, just a good weekend. No doubt. Brant, how are you? Uh, exhausted. Uh, but there we go. I, I think did Tom, I just tire you out? No, no, no. It's been it's been a long day. But uh, I think uh, I think Tom hit the nail on the head with most of what he said, and we'll get into more details, I'm sure, about Auburn at least as we go along. But yeah, the Falcons just got to figure out how to win games, man. That's you 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 dominate that game for three out of four quarters and just just choke it away at the end. And they weren't the only team that got come back on, but they are the only team that has done it habitually uh, since. The only team that is known for it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, I, I'd argue the Chargers, the Chargers also, but also to a much a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, but man, it just a uh, just like like everybody said, a rough week of sports. But uh, you know, at least Auburn came out with a win. It was ugly, like Tom said, especially that first half. My God, that was one of the first worst first halves of football I've ever seen Auburn play. But. They did. They did pull it together for the most part in the second half. Um, there are a lot of questions that have to be asked about the quarterback position, um, and I, I'll, I'll get this off my chest right now. Midway through the second quarter, I, I was talking with uh, my family, and I said, "You know, I think that Auburn's going to have to go with Robbie Ashford and just basically run the 2013 offense. Put the put the ball in the air seven times a game, and just hope that your running game is good enough uh, to." To make things work, just run read option. That's your base play because Robbie can do it, and they can't focus on Tank when they do that. But then T.J. Finley comes in, and after his interception, he went 12 of 15 for a cup for 150 yards or so. Executed and very well. Yeah, he he played a whole lot better. Had 167 yards. Uh, started one for five with a pick. Ended 12 of his last 15. That's pretty solid. Uh, so we heard Brian Harson talk all off season about. It's not a talent issue. It's a consistency issue, and I think we're definitely seeing that because T.J. Finley started the Mercer game really well and then looked bad at the end of it. This game he looked bad at the beginning, finished well. You, you need four quarters. Just like the Atlanta Falcons, I need four quarters out of an Auburn quarterback. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that progresses going forward. Penn State coming up this weekend. That's a big game. And uh, whatever concerns you have, go ahead and get them off your chest because you've got – You've got big time football coming up this Saturday. Cam Barry, how are you? I've been better. Yeah. Yeah. Duh, like I mean, like Tom and Brant have both said, I mean, just a rough weekend of sports and my Falcons just find new ways to break my heart perpetually. I just don't understand. I, I just try so hard and even through regime tra- changes and everything, it just seems like the one thing that stays the same and it's the blowing leads. And it's just something that is the fan base is tired of losing at home like this. I don't even think we have a winning record in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is awful to to even think about. Um, And just overall, just a disappointing weekend. The Braves losing uh, first place after having it for about a day and uh, now back in second. Um, and losing the heartbreaker like that, Kenley Jansen blowing the save and, and things like that, just uh, overall just tough day. I'm 1-4 in fantasy mm-hmm. this week. It, it's just been awful. Yeah, we got to pick the vibes up. we got to find a way to pick uh, the vibes up here on a Monday. Again, uh, for Auburn football, they do walk away with a victory. Oh, things yeah, were not Auburn pretty at win. times, uh, but they did win. And then for the Atlanta Braves, yes, they are now in second place in the National League Eastern Division. However, first for a wild the card. Atlanta Braves are first for a wild card spot. The Braves would be winning three out of the six divisions in baseball if they were in any of three 
of the six divisions in baseball, they would be in first place. They have an incredible record compared to the rest of Major League Baseball. They just so happen to be a game and a half behind the New York Mets, so still plenty of reason for optimism for them in that regard. Uh, and I got nothing for you on the Falcons. That was pretty pitiful. Dude. Yeah, uh, what I happened there in the fourth quarter? Are the Falcons? I believe they're still, or not the Falcons, but the Braves are still on pace to win 100 games. 100. percent Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're still still a really really impressive team. Yeah. They still. Any, it's kind of funny. They've won the East what four years in a row, five years yeah. in a row, four years in a row, four years in a row. If they won 100 games in any of those seasons, they would have won the thing going away. Right. But now that I think this is probably the best regular season that the Braves have had in a long time, uh, and they're struggling because yeah. the Mets. Same story. The Mets, again, the difference is just a game and a half, and there are still three head-to-head games between these two teams. If the if the difference stays similar to what it is, you could still have a chance to walk away with a victory there. So tons to get into during today's program, and, of course, your phone calls are welcome on our Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401. But as we do each and every day as we get off and rolling here on the program today, let's get started by celebrating our birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today, September 12th, 2022. Andrew Luck is turning 33 years old. Former Indianapolis Colts quarterback, a top quarterback prospect in the class of 2008, and a high school All-American. He signed to play college football at Stanford, where he became a starter as a redshirt freshman. Played three seasons at Stanford, where he was highly decorated and set several school records. Two-time All-American, two-time Pac-12 Player of the Year. He won the Walter Camp Maxwell and Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, and he was taken first overall by the Colts in 2012 where he set the NFL record for most passing yards by a rookie with 4,374, four-time Pro Bowler, one-time touchdowns leader, 2018 Comeback Player of the Year, Andrew Luck, known for retiring much earlier than everybody else, and also famously Andrew Luck known, as we said, for in 2011 saying, I don't want to go play for the Carolina Panthers. I'd rather spend another year in school. That happened. The Panthers <laughs> ended up taking Cam Newton number one overall, so that worked okay for Carolina. Uh, but to, yeah, Luck st- straight up said, "I'm not going to go play for Carolina. Jeez. I'm going to go back to school because he knows he would have been number one." And so he was number one the very next year. Andrew Luck, 33 years old today. That's a Panthers fan talking right there. Do you do you think that, talented quarterback? Do you think that he he uh, do you think that hold on? Do you think the Panthers would have taken Luck over Cam? In that scenario, yes. they were set to. Oh yeah, they Absolutely. were set to. I don't remember. I don't, I don't. I don't remember anything about Andrew Luck pre 2011. Andrew he was, Luck is was like is like high and away one of the best like NFL prospects. People were just so blown oh, yeah. away by oh, him. Yeah, no, yeah. I absolutely understand. Yeah, we wanted the luck. We wanted to find a way to. Uh, but I'm happy with Cam. Cam yeah. was great. Cam was an MVP. Andrew Luck never was. Sorry. Uh, all right. Jermichael Hasty is 26 years old today, a running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He played college football at Baylor, where he rushed for 2,000 yards and scored 16 scores over four seasons. Signed by the Niners after the 2020 draft and signed with the Jacks this past offseason. Jermichael Hasty, 26 years old. Another talented running back. Love it. Uh, Yao Ming is 42 years old today, a former NBA center and current president of the Chinese Basketball Association. Ming grew up in China and played professionally in the CBA 
when he turned 13. I'm a professional basketball player at age 13, nice. says Yao Ming. He played in China until he was 18, a three-time blocks leader, one-time MVP, one-time finals MVP, and one-time CBA champion. Drafted by the Rockets first overall in 2002. He played 10 seasons for the Rockets and was an eight-time All-Star 2003 Rookie of the Year. Yao Ming stands seven feet tall, six inches, and uh, he is a massive human being. He is 42 years old today. Big. Everybody loves Yao Ming. Big. I, mean, I just, didn't know he was a number one overall pick, though. That's yeah. Cool. Number one overall pick, Yao Big. Ming, 42 years old. Uh, Zaire Williams is 21, a forward for the New Orleans Pelicans. He was a McDonald's All-American in high school and considered to be the best forward of the class of 2020. He played one year at Stanford, yeah. and he was registered uh, the first triple-double by a Stanford player since 2007, declared for the 2021 NBA draft, and taken 10th overall by the Pelicans. He started 31 games in his first season. Zaire Williams, uh, high school teammates with Bronny James at Sierra Canyon, uh, 21 years old today. Happy birthday. Freddie Freeman is 33 years old today. The former Atlanta Braves first baseman, he was born in California and now plays for the L.A. Dodgers. As uh, In high school, he was the 2007 California Baseball Player of the Year, signed to play with Cal State Fullerton, but was drafted by the Braves in the second round of the 07 draft. He said, you know what, I don't need college. Uh, made his MLB debut in 2010 and played for the team for over a decade. A six-time All-Star, a one-time Gold Glover, three-time Silver Slugger, one-time League MVP, and one-time World Series champion last year with our Braves. Freddie! Freddie Freeman, yeah. 33 years old today, currently playing for the L.A. Dodgers. He's batting like 320-something right Incredible now. Incredible season. Ridiculous. Just killing it. With He's a good Dodgers. baseball player. Yeah, pretty good. That player. was never in doubt. Uh, and then finally, Luis Castillo is 47 years old, a former MLB second baseman who played for the Marlins, Twins, and Mets. Born in the Dominican Republic and signed by the Marlins in 1992. He made his Major League debut in 1997 and played until 2010. Three-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, two-time stolen base leader in the National League, and a one-time World Series champion. Luis Castillo, very fast individual. Anytime you lead the league in stolen bases, you're doing something right. Pretty one, quick. you're getting on base, mm -hmm. and then two, you're fast. Pretty quick. That's Luis Castillo, first. and that's Birthdays in Sports, presented by our good friends at Max Credit Union. Stop by two convenient locations today, one in Auburn on Gage Street and one in Opelika on Frederick Road for all of your banking needs. Birthdays in Sports here today on September 12th, 2022. Andrew Luck is 33, Jermichael Hasty 26, Yao Ming is 42, Zion Williams is 21, Freddie Freeman 33, and Luis Castillo is 47. Let's take our first commercial break. Sports Call continues in a moment. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into the program. You're listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports talk show here in the state of Alabama. We are Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, 
and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. We're taking your phone calls. If you would like to be a part of the program, call and chat with us on the Auburn Bank phone line, 334-887-3401. As Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years, visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender, Guys, let's go to the phone lines for the first time today. Chris from Valley has called into the program. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, guys? How How's are going? you guys today? Doing very Doing great. Thank you. Hey, I'm hearing a lot of negativity on this radio right now. I know it was a draining weekend. You know, there's some, you know, the Falcons, Falcons lose, and I, I'm a Falcons fan as well. Preseason uh, ticket holder too. Um, there's a lot of negatives, but I will say uh, we could be Texas A&M fans right now. That's right. Yeah, right. Very true. Very true. We could be also be Notre Dame fans as well. Um, it, it, <laughs> or, Nebra- know, or Nebraska, who's, yeah, who's or Nebraska. now who's now looking for another coach. <laughs> yeah, Scott 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 Frost. Uh, I hate it for him, man. I, I I really do. I think he's a great coach. I just don't think uh, I don't think he was fit for him in Nebraska, but. Uh, but yeah, I think I think overall, um, I wanted to talk about the Falcons for a minute. As a Falcons fan, um, I came in thinking we might score ten points at most, um, and we were about to give up a whole bunch of bunch of points to old Jameis. But you know, Jameis mediocre coming out and then heated up towards just that inconsistency. Um, but you know, I, I think the Falcons did some things. Really, really well. There's some things they got to work on, but I think overall, comparatively speaking, to, to last year, I think we look, you know, a hundred times better. Um, with you know, with, with everything went on, I think Mariota gave us a spark. And guys, I don't know if you guys saw Matt Ryan's performance on uh, Sunday. I had his game on, and he looked absolutely terrible. I don't know if it was the offensive line with the pressure getting through, but he looked absolutely terrible. There was one screen pass, and he just got picked. He did, I mean, he didn't put any air under the ball. Uh, defender just comes up and just picks it. Yeah. Mean, this is, defensive lineman just grabs it right out the air. Um, so we I, saw a lot I, of bad interceptions yesterday. Joe Burrow throwing a million of them, and, and I, I do recall that Andrew Luck play in particular. Carson Wentz had a bad screen pass interception yesterday, too. I think all these quarterbacks are trying to get back into a little bit of a rhythm and, and knocking off the rust a little bit. Well, I think it's overreaction, and then, you know, it's overreaction. Which is what we're here for. I love it. Yeah, I I do too. Um, I will say, from a college perspective, I mean, you know, I called in last week talking about Bama, man. Bama almost losing to Texas. And, you know, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, who knows? I right. Mean, there's a lot of what-ifs there. Yeah, we were way uh, wrong on that, Chris, because I was, I was on the same boat as you were. Like, why is this spread only 20? And, and boy, Texas proved all of us wrong. Well, look at Kentucky-Florida, guy. I mean, I predicted that one. I, I thought Florida was back. But, you know, Florida comes off that huge win against Utah. I don't know. I didn't get to watch the game. Um, we had a birthday party, and, and we're watching UFC. Um, I didn't even get I didn't get to watch that or Auburn, so I I, I picked up the clip. Um, I do want to ask you guys: Ashford's interception. Um, yeah. How how I didn't get to see it in real time. I wanted to get your guys in the bay. I mean, he threw what three he, passes on Saturday. Yeah, he he, he threw it right to the he, guy. he he stared he stared a receiver down. Uh, he just he locked in on one guy. He was going to throw it to. Stared him down. Stared him down. Stared him down. 
and threw the ball, and San Jose, yep. the linebacker, was already reading his eyes. And if, if, right it was, if it was a bullet, it would have gone right through his stomach. I'm with you guys then. If, if that's the case, and Finley can't be consistent, you got to go back to the read option. I mean, we've got, we've got a successful running quarterback. We do know that. We do know from I, – I saw the rushing yards from Ashford. He, he had, what, 76 to 80? Yeah, he he had a good day. My problem with my problem with doing that exclusively, and again, it's not like this can't get fixed, but it seems like anytime there is an option, Ashford is determined that he's going to keep the ball, and yes. at some point oh, doesn't at do some, the option. No, it, it's at <laughs> we some saw, point we saw the ball on the ground. Yep. Yeah, with an indecision. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So he he doesn't necessarily read. He no. he just well, keeps. He keeps. He he does, and unless that dude's flying right at him, I don't trust him to hand the ball off. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't get to see it. I am I'm very thankful we did not lose to San Jose State because um, this this Monday would be a hundred times different for me, um, you know. But I, I think I think week two is kind of going to be somewhat overreaction to. I think there's going to be some key pieces. I think you know, I think I still think Alabama ends up being that towards the end. Unfortunately, as as an Auburn fan, but. Right. I, I do think I do think going into Tuscaloosa, if we can pull some things together, um, I do give us a shot. I mean, it's early. I mean, it is it is really early to even start talking about that right now. We got to focus on Penn State this week and get and get past uh, the Pitten Lions. But you know, I think uh, I think we I think we'll be all right. We we got some things to pull together, but yeah, I, th- I think this week's going to tell a lot. Um, you know, what what do you guys think? You know, Finley come out, you know, run a couple drives, just absolutely inconsistent. Do you think Harson pulls him this game, or do you think he's still got leeway for, for, for next week? Uh, I, I personally think he still has leeway. I don't know how much leeway, but uh, my biggest concern with everything with the quarterback situation is if what we're seeing is the best that you can get out of Finley or Ashford, which I don't think it is, how bad is Zach Calzada? I mean, if he's just not even in the picture. But I think Finley is going to be your number one. Uh, He is obviously the better passing quarterback of the two, so you're not going to get rid of that. Uh, I think it's still going to be a lot of uh, Finley taking most of the snaps, Robbie Ashford kind of coming in with some package plays as a run threat every now and then. But I I don't think that they're going to steer away from that anytime soon. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. So that's all I wanted to say, guys. Keep your head up. Um, yeah, we need to be positive be- on this. I, I always try to be the optimistic one, and we were a little doom and gloom <laughs> to get us started today, <laughs> Chris. So thanks guy. for uh, thanks for hyping us up a little bit. We'll talk to you throughout the week, okay? Uh, absolutely, guys. Thanks, man. All right, that's our good pal Chris from Valley joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 Ashford's numbers talking about running the football Seven carries, 61 total yards, had a 30-yard keeper on the day. Auburn's three touchdowns all came from on the ground. Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, and T.J. Finley all had rushing scores for the Tigers. T.J. Finley, 13 of 20 for 167 yards and one interception. Robbie Ashford, one for three for one yard and an interception. Let's take your phone calls, 334-887-3401. Back to the phone lines we go, and joining us now on the program, we've got... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into Sports Call. Hi, Matt. Lean on me when you're not strong. 
And I'll be your friend. That's right. I love you. Carry on. It won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. All right. Have a problem that you understand. We all need somebody to lean on. There you go. Very good. Very good, buddy. Appreciate that. Hey, 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 Brian. Hey, Cam. What's going on? What's up, man? Hello. Hey, I got a message. I got a message for Chris. He thinks we're going to go to Tuscaloosa and not beat Alabama. Well, Chris, if we're listening, you call tomorrow. I'm going to give you my scores, Chris. So you listen. Auburn's going to score 48-45, 63 to 13. So, Chris, if you're listening, call back. And I'll hear what you say. But hey, uh, I want to ask you guys a question. Okay. Do you guys think? Do you guys? I know that uh, Andy Carson is tied with. He has passed Wes Byron for field goals. Do you guys think that Andrew Carson can beat his brother in field goals? Pass his brother? It's going to be in really field hard for him to get to that number. He, I mean, and, and for Auburn, you'd rather him not get too close because you'd rather score touchdowns once you got into the red areas uh, as opposed to having to settle for field goals. But Auburn did not have a single field goal in their first game of the year, but they did have one this past weekend. But, yeah, I don't think Andres Carlson is going to pass Daniel Carlson. Well, this this question is for Tom, Brent, okay. and Cam. Ask it. Go ahead. So, hey, so Brent and Tom and Cam, do you guys, like, um, Auburn, I was at Walmart, and Auburn fan told me that he heard that Gajama might start quarterback in uh, in the either LSU game or Missouri game, what do you guys think about that? My thought is the way they have handled Zach Calzada and the Probably fact that we haven't not. seen him yet makes me think either he's just not very good or he's still hurt. Yeah. That's that shoulder still, still giving up. him trouble and he he can't play. And if you have to wait that long to play a guy, man, he has to look really impressive when he's healthy for me to stick a stick a quarterback in that late in the season. So. We might see Zach Calzada at some point, especially if things get dire, but I wouldn't hold my breath about it. What do you guys think about one of our wide receivers coming back this uh, this week for against Penn State? Johnson. Yeah, Malcolm Johnson Jr. will be back for Auburn this upcoming weekend. Uh, did not see much production out of the wide receiver position this past week for the Tigers. As uh, you look up and down the box score, only Javarius Johnson, Tarvaris Dawson, uh, Shedrick Jackson, and Coy Moore had receptions mm. for the Tigers, and the passing game as a whole wasn't uh, explosive. So we'll see if that changes moving forward. But Malcolm Johnson's speed uh, will definitely help, and we'll see what he can do with those opportunities. So, hey, so here's the question for all of you guys. You guys can give me a different answer. On the tight end, um, Shanker, he had... He had a lot of penalties. penalties. Yeah, and... I know we all make mistakes, but I don't know what he was thinking. I didn't like see like did he jump off sides or was he in the zone when he got he, those penalties? He got called for holding a couple so of times. Um, but 
and he was not the only one. For what it's worth, I think, too, I think he got called for holding three times. Two of those penalties were pretty weak, in my opinion. The refs in this game were a little bit flag-happy, I think, but... Hey, Shanker said it in the press conference today. You have to adjust to the standard of the, of the officials uh, in a game like yeah. that. So, uh, Shanker, he doesn't get flagged very often for holding, uh, and I don't expect him to do that very much going forward. Tom, what do you want to add? I, I, was gonna, I think one of those was a block in the back. Yeah, um, one was. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So, uh, so two yeah, holdings and a block in the back. He got a call below the legs. Yeah, I saw that. So, what do you guys think about – I didn't mean to interrupt you, Tom. Oh, right. no, you're good. What do you guys think about how you think we improve when we played against Parser? We won that game. We played San Jose State, won that game. So what? how can we improve more against Penn State? Because last year we played Penn State on their field. They beat us. Yeah, I, I think you're going to have to get consistent play out of your quarterbacks. That's pretty much the only thing. T.J. Finley – like I said, he has looked really, really good, and he has looked bad at times. And if he has four quarters of good, I really like Auburn's chances in this game. Yeah. Uh, if he has an interception or two, then I think that Auburn is going to be up against it. I think Auburn's. Fr- I think Auburn has stopped the run really well so far this season. I think the defensive line and the linebackers have looked excellent. I think the pass. I think the pass defense has, has shown some holes, so you need to shore that up as well. I think uh, also Auburn played down to their competition this past yeah, week very absolutely. much so absolutely um and so let's hope that you know going into this week that they play to the potential of who they are in auburn or at least play to the potential of a power five school that we know you know that they are auburn takes on penn state on saturday kickoff set for 2 30 and the pregame coverage will start at 11 30 a.m on our sister station fm talk 93.9 all right matt from tallacy's here with us we're going to do the cheer and we've got a break to get it too here we go five four three two one war eagle hey Number 48, 45, 63, booyah. Booyah. We're going to give you three seconds and say bye-bye to Steven. There you hey, go. Hey, 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 Cam Brent, last question. Yeah. Has Asper ever played against Penn State? He has not. Uh, no, no, he has never not. played, never played. All right, buddy, we'll see you next time. Thanks for the call today. Have hey, a good hey, one. Hey, listen, hey, 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 JJ. What's hey, up? I, I, we, I got some good news. We saw our house and we moved. October the 10th. Congratulations, man. That's really exciting for the family. One month away. All right. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. War Eagle. That's our good pal Matt from Tallahassee joining us on the program. Uh, On his career, Anders Carlson, second all-time with field goals made. 60 made for him in his career. Daniel Carlson made 92 field goals wearing the Auburn uniform. So to tie... Anders Carlson needs to make 24 field goals the rest of the season. Might be a little tough. We'll see. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Sports Call continues in a moment. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, Play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
All right, welcome back in. Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughter, and Cam Barry. Let's keep taking your phone calls, reacting to college football from over the weekend. Auburn 24-16, a win over San Jose State. Alabama escapes a one-point victory over Texas. Texas A&M defeated by Appalachian State. Shout out my neck of the woods. And uh, also we saw Notre Dame lose to Marshall, a top-10 team defeated. No one really saw Kentucky having the performance that they did against Florida this past weekend. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy weekend in college football, and we're going to talk about it all throughout today's show. Back to the phone lines we go, 887-3401. Next up, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us here on Sports Call. Hi, Steve. <laughs> a sigh of relief. That's right. Thank you. Thank goodness, exhibition season's over. Two games done, oh. and now maybe we can get ready for these big ones. Penn State coming up on Saturday. Yeah, you know, uh, Coach Shelbyville called it exhibition season, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, about those games, guys. You know, uh, it's it's going to be Tom. I, in fact, I was thinking about you uh, during during the game Saturday, and I was saying. Damn it, Tom. Damn it. <laughs> I, I think I was kind of uh, saying that same thing. <laughs> Tom was Don't also saying, anymore. damn it, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it anymore, man. I, was, I feel like I was uh, Jerry Seinfeld saying, Newsom. Newsom. Hey, uh, you asked uh, for the bold predictions uh, that well, day, Steve. Uh, uh, you, you, you set up the mark my words. Yeah, we uh, set up the bold predictions, but then, I mean, everything, all of my reasoning behind what I said was all happening. And one of the big things was – you know, I was like, listen, these guys have a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah, he's not necessarily SEC caliber, but he played at Hawaii. I mean, he's a veteran quarterback that's going to sling it all over the field, and I think he could potentially give Auburn problems, and that's what was happening. And then, of course, Auburn's offense just was awful. Well, uh, don't hold back. Anything else? I mean, it was just a sloppy performance. I mean, that's – it's sloppy all around, um, and, and and look go, moving forward, it's not. We're sitting here talking about quarterbacks, but I mean, there's other things that are going to have to be fixed. Right now, the defensive line, which is supposed to be the strength of your team, cannot seem to make consistent plays in the backfield. So they've got to be able to get more pressure. Your secondary has got to get shored up because they they are just giving up way too much stuff. And I mean, teams are going to dink and dunk them to death if they can't cover anybody. So you got problems there. Quarterbacks are obviously a problem. Your running backs are good, but you got to have better blocking. And I think the offensive line has not been as bad as everybody said, but it's still not very good. So there you go. There, okay. that, that's how many holes need to be patched up before you start getting into the, uh, the, the meat of your schedule. All right. Well, let me give you some stats from Stat Tiger. And before I do that, guys, uh, I want to run this by you. I know that Auburn has a lot of graduate assistants in the athletic department football team, right? Uh, analysts who do nothing but, I guess, crunch numbers. Surely, whatever Stat Tiger I'm reading about, the numbers he's come up with can't be secret. I mean, he gets them from, obviously, uh, the, the plays. So are these kind of pieces of information Stat has for us to read, are they obviously are not being relayed to the coaching staff that, hey, this is how bad we're doing right now in these areas? Um, surely they get that confirmation, right? It can't be secret. 
I, 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 I guarantee you they get every one of those stats and probably more. There's probably those stats and analytics and analytics of the analytics. And, uh, I mean, it is there, – there's probably some little nerd sitting in there that crunches numbers that gives them a printout on just the most analytical things that you could possibly imagine that they can try to figure out. Okay, so this was, this was the side of our uh, football team that I was not worried about, but now I am. I'm more worried about our pass defense than I was before these two games. Agreed. Uh, yep. What what is it? I mean, and I you know, and I watched a press conference, and there were not some questions that if I were sports writer, sports journalist, that I would have thrown at him. They weren't thrown at him. Like I would have said to Coach Harson, "Can you please explain to us the reason for uh, the soft coverage on slant routes and on passing in general?" Uh, people are. Our, our defenders are off five to seven yards off uh, off of the of the receivers, guys. Uh, and this is not just Harson, but it's been going on even when Elzon was here. Is this something that's just not teachable, or what? What explains this, guys? Uh, it, it's not that it's something teachable. It's a philosophy, and it, it's yeah. a it's a philosophy Defensive that I coordinator. Yeah, I, it's a philosophy I don't but like. It's killing us. Well, I sure, agree. sure it is, and. and one of the greatest, and Steve, go back and listen to when we had uh, Coach Philip Lolly on on the show with last us and, week. Uh, last week, and he was talking about how it, his his preference is to be up in a up in their face. Yeah, and I agree. and and he and he talked before about you know there were times where they would just be driving down the field and the guy they were you know he and some of the other staff are just like you know we got to do something different here. That's the same thing with this is that they've got to be able to make the adjustments because yeah, that the soft is the biggest word and then soft in the middle of the fields. Like, I mean, how many times did Auburn just vacate the center of the field and and and, yeah, and just concede the center of the field and over over and over and over again. I don't understand that, Steve. I I don't. Why, why is it continuing to happening? They, I mean, they must see it and I I don't see it changing. Here's how bad it is. Of course, that tiger. Okay. Uh, this is really, really troubling. Last season, the Auburn defense held their first two opponents to two yards or less. Okay? This season, we're a little bit better, 52%. Last year's 50 And here's the, the serious part. For the second game in a row, according to that Tiger stats, the opposition has been more successful during the second half. San Jose State, okay, not world beaters, averaged 3.5 yards to play in the first half of the game. Do you know what they averaged? During the second half of this game Saturday? What's that number, Steve? 6.4. Yeah, big jump from uh, from that first half. You know, I thought we used to do better in the second half of games of our defense. Not anymore, not according uh, to these stats. So, uh, you're talking about T.J. Finley. Yeah. Two okay. minutes left, Steve, just to let you know we're about to reach the end of the Finley. hour. I, I'm here at the clock, okay? T.J. Finley has completed nine of his 11 first down pass attempts for an average of 10 yards per attempt. He says, look for Auburn to throw more on first down against Penn State. Well, that's what we better do uh, because you know they're going to be stacking the box. Right, guys? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and that's the I thing. Mean, if, if State, they, that's if, what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, they, if I'm a defensive coordinator for anybody, that's what I'm doing. 100%. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make – us to throw the ball. Forcing yeah. us to make you beat. With the weak – And the yeah. Auburn defense, guys, has not forced a turnover – in the past 23 consecutive possessions. Yeah, and that's disappointing. That's, that's the bigger issue to me, Steve, that's as much as anything. The the whole off coverage, uh, press man, whatever you want to call it, 
Uh, I'm, I'm all for playing whatever coverage philosophy you want to. I think Auburn can win playing off coverage. The technique has to be better. But, but the whole the fact that you haven't forced an interception, the fact that those 50-50 balls have pretty much all come down uh, to the other team, regardless of what type of coverage you're playing, that's the bigger issue to me because a lot of those balls should have been in, intercepted Saturday and most of them were thrown for completions. And that's something that right. the, the DBs have to work on that. That's a, that's a technique thing. And, uh, you know, that, that's a Zach Etheridge question. Uh, on a positive note, Auburn, according to AL.com, is just one of six FBS teams that has scored a touchdown on each of their red zone possessions through week two. Did you know that? Didn't didn't know that, oh, but Auburn good. has Auburn has done well with their when they get across the forty. Auburn usually Auburn has scored a touchdown on most of the time this season. That's a good number. I understand Mercer San Jose State, but that is a good that is a good stat to have. If you haven't seen it already, please go and see the recent. It just came out SEC video short. Oh yeah, I like the I, emergency room. I love the emergency room episode. And if you haven't gone to collegeatmagnolia.com, go there because uh, the person who does it is called Boom Roasted, has video clips from all the upsets over the weekend. Uh, he calls it the Fun Belt, so the Sun Belt team. Yeah. But there is an LSU Tiger, guys, uh, fan who apparently got onto the field, and I didn't know this happened. Did you that, know this? Yeah, oh, we saw, saw the video. That, that was, was insane. chilling, too. Yeah, he, yeah. Oh, that guy kind of looked like he might have been having a mental episode or something. He was just walking around, and it took a while for the police to finally get to him. And I'm saying... How in the world did he get down the field to begin with? Because when I've been Auburn game, there's security all over at the ground level. There's no talent. Yeah. Thanks for the call today, Steve. Hey, thanks for living. My time is up. You guys enjoy yourselves. I'm going to take another hobby instead of watching Auburn football. Uh, It's going to be Papa Jack Daniels. War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. Our good pal, retired Ward Amp Steve, joining us there on the program. And with that, the first hour of our show has come to a close. What fun it is and what fun is still left to go. Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers will be on Sports Call here in just a little bit, and we will continue to take your phone calls. J.J. Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call set to get underway right now. Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, Tom Peavy coming to you live. J.J. Jackson has stepped out momentarily. He will be back in just a little bit. But guys, we are here today. Uh, back on the show, uh, I guess recapping Auburn's win over San Jose State as much as anything. Uh, we got the uh, the Braves morning update from our friend Kevin McAlpin there a minute ago. Actually, let's go ahead and pivot to that. We haven't talked about the Braves yet today. 
Uh, tough two out of three loss. Lost the series to the Mariners. Uh, and, man, it really feels like you had a chance to win that game. And, you know, we've touched on it. Kinley Jansen just comes on. And what, what do you guys see as the biggest issue right now with the Braves, with, with everything we've seen? Obviously, Kinley Jansen being one of them. But what is the, guy, the solution that you guys see uh, as best moving forward? Oh, uh, man. Um, oof. See, that's tough because I, I don't know that you – I don't think you, we're I don't necessarily know. playing bad. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just when situational it, baseball, really, at this point in time. Like, right at that point in time, Kenley Jansen can't blow that save because sure. we need to win that series. So it's thing. it's just little things like that where, you know, just well, not capitalizing well, it, on. So here's – this is my question – that, and I'm sure it's a question that Brian Snitker and that whole staff are trying to go with right now. Are you better with Jensen as your closer, or are you better with Jensen as not your closer? Has he blown some saves? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Has Bro, he has, has he, looked has, ugly has, in several in a row sure. at this point? Has, and, and I think that's kind of the that's the question because I mean it, I, even some of these where he's getting the save, it's been like. Ugh. I mean, it's, it's been, been stressful yeah. at times. It's been yeah. very stressful. It's not like he's just come in and just blown out yeah. guys, you know, three up, three down, done, let's go home. Even some of these that he's gotten to save has been struggle bus. So, but that's the big question because, yeah, the, the lineup is fine. They're, they're yes. hitting the ball, and it's a bunch of different guys hitting the ball. I mean, you saw Grossman. With, with the go-ahead home run. <laughs> Doing you well. Know, that, that's not the guy that you would expect to have your go-ahead home run, but Grossman is the guy that did that. You're getting the, you're getting the consistent hitting up and down the lineup. That's not a problem. Your starting pitcher, starting pitching, uh, Odorizzi is yeah. – he's kind of okay. Mm. Um, Odorizzi is – if he's the fifth guy in your rotation, yeah. you're okay with I'm it. Cool sure. With that. But if if there's any if he's anywhere else, then it's kind of meh. Yeah. Um I mean the biggest question yeah, I mean the biggest question I think that you have is like I said, are you better with Jensen as your closer or are you better without Jensen as your closer? I, and I don't know the answer to that because I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of saves, but he's also blown seven. Yeah. Agreed. And but I mean then who? Uh Iglesias. Well, and seeing that's yeah, right. Rysel Iglesias yeah. closed a little bit for the Angels. Def- Iglesias. Uh, not that they have a whole p- lot of save opportunities for him, but sure. when he's when he's coming for the Braves, five seven ERA. Yeah. So then, do you he's make that move? better? Yeah, he's looked better with the Braves. But then, what do you do with Kenley? Because so, you're paying Kenley, you got to use him. Somewhere. Right. So well, you just brought so, him in from the Dodgers. He's yeah. supposed so, to be part of your big, your big trade deadline stuff. He has thirty three saves this year. Yes. That's a ton. That is a ton of saves. So here's my proposition on how we could fix this issue in a closer game obviously i think in a one-run game all of us can agree we don't want kenley jansen in that situation right now because he's just not going to close seems like a liability and and it's just going to be stressful at that point in time but i feel like in a two in a two run in a three run game that's where we should bring kenley in in a closer in a i'll say in a three to four run game bring kenley in in a in a two to one run game where we're just trying to hold it bring in iglesias that's where I think we should kind of start pivoting towards more. Um, I know that's really not what Kenley has serviced for, but he's not getting it done right now in the very close situations where we need him to be who we are expecting him to be. Right. So Iglesias, .57 ERA, he's appeared 17 times. Um, 
I, I mean, he's done well. You know, I, I don't see why we can't give him a shot. He's allowed only eight hits. Um, and I, w- I will say, Cam, the the thing about moving a setup guy to the closing role, those last three outs are by far the hardest to get. For in sure, the game. I, I feel like he the, is, but he is a closer though. He's he is, been, he I is, mean, and for what it's worth, I think he, I think the plan right now is for him to be the Braves' closer next year because Kenley Jansen's contract runs out. Right. I don't think the Braves want to re-sign him. I think Rysel Iglesias is going to be the closer of the future for the Braves. And I, well, then go ahead and do it. Right, now. go ahead and bring yeah. it in. Go ahead and let could, us get, get comfortable. Go ahead and be like, listen, this is the role that we're about to put you in, and this is where we what we need you to do. Can you show us that you can be consistent with it? Yeah. And then we just go from there. Just kind of, I mean, we have a month left to figure out the rotation that we need to get us continuous rolling sure. into the playoffs so it, that's that's where we need to do I, i'll say it again if if kenley jensen is if you truly believe that he is a liability in that closer role then you have to go ahead and make that move yeah you you have you can't just sit there and go well yeah we've got him for right. this year and then we'll think about next year no if he's a liability then get his butt out uh, and, and find find another role for him. Find something for him. But if he if he is truly a liability to your team as a closer, then you have to make that move. Right. Or you know, yeah. I mean, the Braves are obviously going to make the postseason unless just something stupid happens. Yeah, absolutely crazy. They're going to make the postseason. They still may even win this division. It's a, you know, right. it's it's not like that. They're you know they they lose a series and now they're twelve games back. Right. I and mean, they're right. they're right there in it. Um. But if he, if you truly believe he's a liability, go ahead and make the move now. If you think that is going to benefit you as you start moving into postseason, if it's going to help you make that run towards a repeat of a World Series, if you have any liability on your team, whether it be a closer, whether it be a starter, whether it be a position player, now's the time if, to figure it now out. Now, if you yes. have a liability, if you truly believe this person's a liability. Then find another role for him. And I wouldn't even necessarily say that Kenley's a liability because he does have the 33 saves. Um, it's just inconsistency. Like right now, we need to see consistency, and so that's what I that's why I would propose put him in more a little bit of a wider stretch games just to get him comfortable again, let him do his thing. You know where the pressure's not on, where we're expecting you to be perfect right now because it's a one-score game and we need you to close this game out. Rysel Iglesias seems like he's comfortable. Let him see what he can do in that role, and then from then on, if Kenley seems like he can kind of has gotten back to form of what we're expecting him to be, then put him in at the end of the month and let him ride to the playoffs. Well, the other thing with Kenley is that, and I'm sure that there's you know the pitching coach and that pitching staff, uh, coaching staff. Are, are looking and trying to figure out, you know, what did it, what is it that Kenley's doing different? Because I mean, you got to remember, this is not a guy that has been just a kind of a so-so no. closer through his career. He's been he's one of the, the best of all, ever. He's one of the best of all time. What is happening right now that has made him so inconsistent and has made him a liability? Are there pitches that are just not breaking for him? Uh, is is his pitch selection not where it needs to be? You know, figure it out. What what is it that is kind of the bane of of his right. pitching right what, now? Which what, a lot of it has been control. Yeah, yeah. He's that's, finding, that, that's he's what I was trouble finding the zone. And that's, that's what I was thing. about yeah. to say. Is I, I think his his sinker has looked off, and I mean that's been his pitch, right? Like that's that's the pitch sure. that's made him a Hall of Famer is that sinker. But it he's leaving it up, you know. Right. And when you leave <laughs> when you leave a downward breaking yeah. pitch up <laughs> in the zone, You're done. you get teed off on. Yeah. Sure. Well, and, and again. 
that goes back to the liability part because if it's a guy that is just having trouble with control issues, then that's where you've got to make a move. If it's a pitch, if it's like an out pitch that you're just not quite getting the, the spin on, then then you can figure that out. I mean, it, you know, change your grip just slightly, you know, figure out some there's a mechanical thing there that's making that not work. But, I mean, it's like he's just really having trouble finding the strike zone all over the place. Now, a lot of that, he's also not been getting a lot of favorable calls from the home plate umpire, but you got to deal with that. But, I mean, there's other times that he's just all, it's just not even close. And, uh, and then ultimately you end up hanging one up there because you start trying to groove one yeah. so much to get that call that you end up getting one blasted out of the park. Braves have a three-game series with the San Francisco Giants on the road starting tonight. Three games against the Giants. Not going to be end easy. an eight-game road trip for Atlanta. Eight consecutive games played away from Truist Park. Let's take a timeout. Our show continues in a moment here on Tiger 95.9 FM. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back into the program. Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and Brant Daughtry. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers will join us here on the show. We'll talk a little Auburn football. Let's talk about the state of college football, though, and the crazy, crazy weekend that we saw over the weekend. A lot of upsets, a lot of teams go down, a couple of top 10 teams are defeated. I mean, Texas A&M the most surprising to everybody that that took place. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say yeah. I'll say Notre Dame, but Texas I'll A&M definitely up there. It was blood week, man. It, it was the, absolutely blood week. It, you know, the Texas A&M it, it, it was surprising that it happened this early in the season. But <laughs> I, the one thing I had been saying in all of our preseason stuff about Texas A&M was loaded with talent, especially freshman talent coming in. However, Jimbo Fisher is still the coach. Prove it to <laughs> prove it to me. You, you have done, uh, you know, Jimbo prove it to me, Jimbo. Here we go. Yeah. yeah now you've already got an L on your, on your shoulder. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think that was probably that that was probably the more surprising out, out of all of them was, was Texas A&M. Uh, Notre Dame losing was, was definitely a shocker. Uh, I wish I could say that Nebraska getting beat by Georgia Southern was a shocker, but I think Nebraska has just kind of gotten yeah, used to that. In the water. They, they're man. Yeah. What, what a, a once powerful program that is just treading water. Hilarious. Uh, you know, goodness gracious, you you just hope Auburn is not heading down that path. Good but, lord, no. Mm. I will say, however, with App State, they were hot coming into this week. They were confident. You know, sure. they they took UNC to the brink at their house just the week before, you know? Um, so for them to go to Texas A&M, they're like, oh, well, we can compete yeah. at that point. So all they had to do was go in and continue what they were doing, and they did, and they got the win this time. And 
took down number six team in the nation. Yeah, I honestly the out of all of the craziness in college football, I mean, really the the most surprising would probably have to be that Texas Alabama game. Yeah. I was just going to I mean, say that too. Texas gave Alabama a game, and I didn't and expect that. No, that defensive well, line got after. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, a twenty. It's a twenty-point favorite on the road, and this is an Alabama team that typically in these games now they haven't played a. a they have not played a big-time road team or a, a big-time uh, team on the road in yeah. their stadium. They've done some neutral site games. Yeah. But Bama usually handles those, and and Bama is supposed to be this untouchable force this year. And man, Texas A and M gave them everything they had, they could possibly have. Secondly, with that game, I don't know what in the hell the referees were looking at in the end zone when when Bryce got sacked, threw the ball away. They called a targeting. So they, it's like, I don't understand. Yeah. Did, you, did like, you hear how they cleared it up though? It well, was communicated wrong, and then. The targeting was a result of a roughing the passer is what they were saying. Which so you, it was a combination of both penalties, which I don't really understand that. Which but then, that's, but then, that's they could, the but then they couldn't review. They couldn't review that's, the that's intentional what, grounding. That's which, what he's saying yeah. is it was there was targeting called, and that's why it got into right, a, review, right. a review. The big hubbub about it was he inte- when yeah. they called targeting, they called targeting with roughing the passer. Roughing the passer is not reviewable. Right. So when they said roughing the passer with targeting then the only thing that's reviewable there is targeting but that's where the miscommunication right. was there was because, no roughing the passer right, call. because the targeting was the roughing the passer call that's what they were saying that's i what, don't think that's how the rule works yeah no that's not how that's but that's how the referee the the one that called it communicated it to the for what it's for what it's worth i think for what it's worth i think incomplete pass was the correct call at the end yeah. of the day well, well but here's my thing why why are you calling why are you calling a roughing the passer or targeting on something that was neither of those two he had the ball in his hands was wrapped up and slung to the ground and he kind of rolled over a guy there was no there was no vicious hit on bryce no there's no yeah. nothing it was a tackle he tackled him in the end zone i yeah i, and don't, he threw, I don't even know and, where they saw the targeting yeah, yeah I, the, the fact the fact that, that the that fact that targeting question. was called was insane the fact his, his head was on the ground, and the player that came in really came in at a at like because yeah, Bryce was flipped. Really yeah, Bryce was upside down. Like, he was upside down. Imp- incredible that he was able to get the pass off. By the way, very true because he's going down and just yeah. it hit the from, from upside down a, like on a hand Texas player's helmet, and I mean it was forward and it. Um, but see, I think the complete pass, but the dang, the, man. the call. I I think the call that should have been made there. Well, you at least, you go ahead and you call the intentional grounding, okay? Because that was intentional grounding. I mean that that was, I mean just plain and simple was it, intentional grounding and intentional grounding in the end zone. So I that, mean, okay. that should have been a safety. Well, it hit a it hit a Texas player's helmet, and so that kind of throws off the trajectory. Yeah, but I mean, you don't yeah. know if the would ball, it have gone back to yeah, the line? Probably the not. Gone back to the line of scrimmage. I'm rewatching you, right now, but it hit off of a player's There's, helmet. So there was in the in the direction there was an eligible receiver that he was, was throwing guy. to. Yeah, I don't know that he was throwing. He may have. He was. Just, I he, think was he was throwing was in, the, in out, the direction but. in the direction of that guy. And Cam's right. It hit off. A, it hit off a Texas player. So this is one play out of the yeah, out of the sure, yeah, sure. things for this game. But I, but I think. It, but it, it was just a one point victory. A missed face for mask Alabama. Also, that ended up resulting in a also, field Texas, goal for Texas. Texas's kicker's last name is Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Burt Auburn. Bert. What a name! Yeah, like 
Really Destiny. wish he hadn't missed that oh, field goal. He, he made he made, he made a clutch either, one at the end of the game. So props to him for coming back. Really wish he just had gone two for two on yeah. the day. Yeah. But now the the play that we're talking about, I, I don't know. I mean, it was in the third quarter, so it wasn't like it was right at the end of the game. That, but it could have been a tie Well, it, it ends up being a one point game, and I mean that's two points yeah. and the ball for Texas. I think if that play is called correctly, that that's two points for Texas and the ball. Because I'm sorry, that was a safety. That you can you can sit there and go back and say okay well there was a guy that was kind of over there that he was throwing to it, he but, he was about five yards away the ball would have made it to him but I, but I, I feel pretty confident but I but I still think if you if you don't call targeting everything if you go back and look at it he's probably down in the end zone even though he rolled over a guy I've seen the pictures where it looks like his legs are down there is reasonable things to say that he was actually tackled in the end zone before he threw the ball away. I just I think the officials handled that the wrong way. Yes, I'm an Auburn fan. Yes, I I hate to see calls go for Alabama when they're controversial like that. But I think that's one of those that got messed up. I have not seen a single writer or anybody out there that has broken that down and go, they got that absolutely right. Everybody has been like, that was a catastrophe, and the officials oh, yeah. screwed the pooch it on that. It definitely was just a mess. Yeah, yeah, but I will say, at the end of the day, I do calls. think that the the correct thing happened. I don't think he was down. See, like I said, and I've seen pictures where he was down. But I, but, I but, again, they, but again, the big thing is you can't. You, why are you calling targeting right there? Yeah, that's that's the biggest issue. Is screwed, the, the referees you, definitely screwed up. Yeah, you screwed that yeah. whole play up by calling targeting for a guy that just literally just made a tackle in the end zone. He didn't lead with his helmet. He didn't do anything. He made I, a tackle in the end zone. Right. And you threw a flag and called a targeting, and so now you just put everything into a conundrum over yeah. a stupid play because you're trying to protect a quarterback that's getting tackled. I, I thought the refs might have blown the whistle a little bit late because they definitely got back to him, and you knew it was going to be a sack. Um, and they were working on bringing him down, and then at that point you probably blow the whistle because he's, I mean, I guess, but they kept the play going. And Alabama um, wins 20-19 yep. to 19 over Texas. Here in just a few minutes we're going to chat with Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers, but we want to take your phone calls, 887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 Joining us now, Luke from Alex City. Luke has called into Sports Call. Hi, Luke. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Very well. Thanks Enjoy. for asking. Good. Um, yeah, a couple things. First of all, I went to the game. It was unbelievably hot. The hottest I've ever been, just about probably at a football game. A dry heat's Those crazy. 11 o'clock <laughs> kicks are just god-awful. And, I mean, thankfully, we're – you know, the SEC is not going to be with Fox. I don't think we could do a ton of those. I mean, that's just uh, – <laughs> it's a shame um, because, I mean, look, I get it. You, you're going to have some 11 o'clock games, but, you know, you want that to be Auburn-Missouri, not Auburn-Penn State, you know. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But uh, a couple other things. I When I was there and happened in the end zone I was in, I certainly thought it was a safety too, and, and nobody in the stands really knew what was going on because – uh, I didn't even know they had called rough in the passer, which was a terrible call. Luckily, they overturned that. Um, the, but I don't think he was down, and I didn't know the rule about, you know, if the ball hits a Texas player, it, it's not called grounding if somebody's in the vicinity or whatever. So, in that effect, I think, letter of the law, I don't think it is a safety. Um, then the, on Bryce's young, I've seen, Bryce Young's uh, run, I've seen a lot of talk about uh, his 17-yard run late in the game, I've seen a lot of talk about a hold there, and there was a hold. They didn't call it. Yeah, that, that, that one is – we haven't touched on that, but absolutely, yeah. Blatant hold that did not get called, yep. There was also a hold on B. John Robinson's touchdown that wasn't a call. 
Um, and it's clear as day, too. So they missed a lot. But in the end, I mean, Alabama still had 15 penalties and Texas only had five. It's really, and the, the roughing the passer call on Dallas Turner was just as bad as anything. What's he supposed to do? There's nothing you can do. And um, he made a good play. And they, I mean, both players were sort of in the air. And uh, there's no way you should call that roughing. That's just football. And, and they did. Um, well, you no, I mean, you are not allowed to you are not allowed to take a quarterback to the in the air or to the air and slam your full weight on him. I agree that it shouldn't be a penalty, but that is that is the letter of the law. So I think they did get that call right. I mean, again, I I mean, I think that's kind of semantics. I don't think you you would see that call in the NFL. You don't see that one called in college very often. It's it's and, the um, it's the Nick Fairley rule. It is the Nick Fairley rule. Yeah, I mean, I think Nick Fairley's hit was a little bit. Uh, tougher, but uh, again, uh, that you know, in the end, you get calls sometimes. You don't get calls sometimes. And you know, as far as the safety goes, everybody's complaining about that. Look, it was in the third quarter, and yes, te- Texas would have gotten two points. There's no doubt, and they would have gotten the ball back. But Alabama would have kicked from their own twenty, and instead they punted from their deep in their own end zone, and Texas got a field goal. And it wasn't like Texas was moving the ball all over the place. So I would argue they probably got more points having Alabama punt deep in their own end zone than they would have if Alabama had been able to kick off from the 20. So uh, I think that it, it all point. sort of worked itself out. And it all sort of worked itself out. And in the end, when you have a call like that, and there were, you know, there were some other calls that, that were wrong, and again, both ways it happens. It's part of the game. I don't know why we go through this every single game, but we do. We always nitpick a call that happened in the second or third quarter when you have plenty of time to take care of your business uh, between between that call and the end of the game, and all Texas had to do don't call a uh, don't call a play action pass uh, and let Will Anderson sack you for a ten yard loss. So they made that field goal. But if you have Bijan Robinson and you need three yards to get a first down and essentially seal the game, yeah, I, I don't understand. Given the rock, let your workhorse work. That's on that's on Texas. Um, and again. Uh, I had a I had a blast. So I'll say this: I think they'll be fine in the SEC in terms of getting along with folks. Uh, there were a couple of people uh, that had you know that had their you know their lips poked out a little bit after the game, but for the most part, man, it was uh, it was a really fun experience. If you've never been to Austin, you'll love it. It's a great town. It's it's a little more liberal than you're used to, probably, but uh, that's okay. It's you know their motto is keep Austin weird, and it's they're doing a pretty good job of that. And um, the food's great. Everybody kept saying, welcome to Austin. You know, glad y'all are here. Glad this is rejoining the SEC. Sure. I, I thought it was a re- great experience, and I love seeing two Blue Blood programs go at it like that. And, um, you know, it turned out to be a fantastic game, and it's unbelievable that that's not the highlight of last weekend's college football. The, you know, there's Nebraska's losing, the, the Sun Belt overall, the Notre Dame losing, Texas A&M losing. Nebraska firing the coach. I mean, BYU Baylor was unbelievable. I mean, there was just game. Kentucky Florida was great. There was just game after game, and it was one of those weekends where we thought it was just going to be a snooze fest, and it turned out to be one of the best weekends we've had in years. Maybe it was great stuff, and as always, and and we're glad you survived the heat because I know it can get a little hot there in Texas, Luke. So uh, thanks for the call. We got to get not- to our guest. Yeah, I won't forget sunburn next time. I mean, uh, sunscreen next time. You can go there you go. Thanks. Good to hear from you. That's our pal Luke from Alex City joining us there on the program.
as we'll get set to take our next break. And that is important that he brought up, by the way, as well. Let's not forget about that. The Alabama Crimson Tide are a college football team coached by Nick Saban, and they committed 15 penalties on Saturday. Yeah, I was the most say that. A ever, lot of mistakes. The most ever in the Nick Saban era. Again, the Alabama Crimson Tide, coached by Nick Saban, committed 15 penalties, a lot of dumb penalties on Saturday. You just don't see that from a team like Alabama. Not at all. And they found a way to win. we got to take a break. Jason Caldwell joins us right after this here on Sports Call. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday as we're getting set for a big game coming up this weekend. Auburn taking on Penn State and recapping the Tigers' victory over San Jose State from this past Saturday. We want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our favorites. Jason Caldwell covers the Auburn Tigers for Inside the Auburn Tigers. He's on Twitter at ITATJason, and he joins us here on the program. The time is greatly appreciated. I actually want to start away from Auburn and uh, talking about college football the day that was on Saturday. It was kind of crazy, Jason, as we're waiting for that 6.30 game to start. It was just pandemonium all across the entire landscape of college football on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, and I think I think it's something you see a couple of times a year. Normally, you get one of those days early in the season. Normally, you get one of those days late in the season, and um, you know, it's you know, one of them. You know, late in the year can be caused by some injuries by teams that you know maybe you've had a couple of guys say, "Hey, I'm done" or whatever. Early in the season, you look and, and you're still trying to figure out who you are. Um, and older teams like Appalachian State's an older team, Texas A&M. Um, maybe maybe play the wrong quarterback. Uh, I thought that before the year started. I've seen enough of Max Johnson. I thought that guy was pretty good at LSU. Um, and, you know, he didn't win the job at Texas A&M. And, you know, they've, they've struggled offensively. Um, and, and, you know, you look at that one, look at Marshall, Notre Dame, new coaching staff, um, you know, quarterback injury or two. It, it can change things in a hurry for teams that are – that are veterans know how to win. App State, Marshall, those teams know how to win. And so I think that's, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the game. It didn't happen 20 years ago. It didn't happen 20 years ago in college football. It, it can happen more and more now. Um, with transfers, teams can get older. They can be more experienced, um, you know, bring in some of those players. And so, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a crazy day and almost got a whole lot crazier for us too, um, you know, Saturday night. Out of all the craziness, was there one particular game that really jumped out at you as a major surprise? I didn't think it's 
You know, and I'm not, I wasn't a huge believer in Texas A&M. Right. But, you know, when I look at that one, I look at a team that, you know, this is that state that gave up 63 at home to North Carolina. Yeah. And he scored one offensive touchdown and ran about what, 40 offensive plays for the game. Um, you know, I think it's defensively they couldn't get off the field. I mean, this is a team that has a lot of talent, but they lost a lot of players too. And I just, I just continue to look at Texas A&M and go, okay. Other than you know, they they had a you know pretty good season a couple of years ago, but other than that, they've just been okay. And then I start looking at Jimbo Fisher a little bit, and going, you know, he had Jameis Winston, and and you know they beat that Auburn team in a game they honestly shouldn't have won, um, and won an national championship. Other than that, I mean, it's you know they they've won some games, but that program was left kind of in disarray a little bit. I don't know. The A and M was just just the lack of offense surprised me, and, and I wasn't expecting them to go score sixty. But man, to to not be able to do anything against the team that gave up sixty the week before was a shocker. What did you learn, if anything, about Alabama and Texas? Uh, that, that's not a surprise. Texas has some pretty talented players. Um, they've recruited well enough that they're still. I think they're still they're still top ten in terms of roster, um, in terms of four and five star prospects. Uh, you know, so I, that didn't surprise me in that environment in that setting. That was a tough game. Uh, probably the thing that continues to surprise me a little bit is, is Alabama's offensive line is still not very good, and you know, and it's not a surprise. But when you take away first round wide receivers and you put pretty good wide receivers. It changes the game. Now, Bryce Young's still good enough that when push comes to shove and they get a two-minute offense, he, he leads the team down the field. That's what he does. But, man, they're, they're, that's not a team against against good good football teams that I see running away and hiding from people. I just I just don't see it from them. And so um, I think they'll, they'll be good. They're going to be tough to beat as usual. But that's not a team that's a dominant offensive team. Um, Really, because of the offensive line. I mean, they, they they had to go get a transfer from Vanderbilt to start at left tackle, and they've recruited really well on the offensive line. So there, there's issues for them up front. I'm talking with Jason Caldwell here on Sports Call. And all right, Jason, let's switch over here to the old Auburn Tigers. Do fans need to hit the panic button? Uh, I mean, we we've seen Auburn survive these just dirty, gross, close games before. Is there any reason to hit a panic button over anything that they may have seen Saturday against uh, San Jose State? Yeah, I don't know that it's a panic button, but you you might have you might have at least the cap flipped up off of it anyway. You might not have to press it, but you might have to have it handy um, when you look at at this team. And I think you look and yeah, there, there's there's some issues. Um, I wrote about today. It's it looks very similar to last year defensively where. They they play really soft in coverage and give up a lot of yardage and try to try to bend but don't break. I mean Jalen Simpson basically told us that in, in you know right the week of the first game, you know bend but don't break. And you know last week you give up five red zone opportunities to, to San Jose State. Now you only gave up one touchdown, but you giving up five red zone opportunities to, to San Jose State's one thing. You give up five red zone opportunities to Penn State, and you may give up three touchdowns, and and that's the difference in a game. Yeah. And so. Uh, that's the concern for me is that defensively they just haven't made explosive plays. They haven't created a turnover. And so uh, that's an issue. And then it's, it's, just, it's kind of the same story, different verse on offense. Um, they ran it pretty well the first two games, but still not throwing the ball very much. 
and not being really good when they throw it. And other than Javarius Johnson, there's not really any explosive plays in the passing game. And that's, that's a, I think that's got to be a concern um, when you start looking at this team. And, you know, we'll see how you transform after two weeks. Um, how much will Robbie Ashford be involved? We saw a lot less of him Saturday, and I think I think that means we'll probably continue to see a little bit less of him. But now the teams have seen more of him. I mean, they're going to load up on the run when he comes in the game and make him throw the football. And I think for Auburn, until you can show that you're going to throw the ball down the field, I think if you're Penn State coming in Saturday, you're going to say, look, I dare you. We're going to play tight coverage and, and, and put eight guys in the box and say, okay, beat me throwing the football. I think teams are going to force this team to, to do that, and, uh, and we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, and Jason, I, you know, when I, I hate to paint the entire picture this way, but, uh, you know, there there are talented players on this team, but do you agree that that there's just a – general lack of overall talent throughout this team outside of a couple of uh, individual positions like running back and maybe a couple guys on the D-line? Yeah, I think it's a solid roster. I think there's some – I think you've got some good players on both sides of the ball. I just you're – not, you're not 45 and 50 deep, and that's where Georgia and Alabama, um, Ohio State, that's where they are. And the issue comes when you sub – um, when you get in the fourth quarter of games and when you get late in the season, um, how does that show up? Um, and I think that's the thing right now is can you find some of those guys and develop some of those guys, um, and are they there? Um, I think that's the question mark right now. And, yeah, I mean, the depth of roster is the issue. And You're right when you start talking about I think there's some guys at wide receiver that can make plays and you get them the football. And we, we still haven't seen Cannon Brown – you know, get a, get a touch, and he's one of the guys that was playmaker in the preseason. Can you get him involved? Can you get him on the field more? Um, you know, that's that's the thing. Uh, you know, because you hear coaches all the time say, "Well, you, you know, you got to understand the offense. You got to do some of those things." Well, you know, that's part of that's part of it. Um, Alabama is starting a true freshman, a wide receiver, Kobe Prentice, a kid from Calera. Um, figure it out, and so they got to either figure it out to get those guys on the field. Or have some other guys that are ready to go, and so um, no, I do. I, I think it's, I think it's the issue in terms of depth of roster right now, and can you can those guys develop in a hurry? Because you're going to need them with this run coming up. When you're talking about Penn State, Missouri, LSU, then Georgia and Ole Miss, you're going to play seven straight games before a break. The last two on the road, um, you know, you're going to have to have some of these guys to step up and make plays for you, um, and uh, yeah, that starts now. Four interceptions thrown by Auburn quarterbacks on the season. As we mentioned, the Auburn defense has yet to create a turnover themselves. Is there any one reason in particular, Jason, or, or why have we just not seen uh, turnovers created by this defensive bunch? Yeah, I think uh, they had a couple opportunities, but I think it's, it's uh, you know, teams are going, look, we're going to throw the ball, we're going to get rid of it quick, and it's almost the same game plan that we saw from Penn State last year where they said, look, we're going to use that short control passing game like a running game. Uh, Clifford was 28 to 32 against Auburn. We've seen Mercer do it. We've seen San Jose State do it. And we'll see Penn State do it again, where they go, all right, we're not going to sit back here and hold the ball all day. Um, you know, and part of it is staying ahead of the chains. Uh, if you get third and 10, that's when you have to hold it a little longer. And teams have been able to, you know, when you, you don't create a ton of negative plays, um, you know, those first and second downs. 
you're giving people third and five is is a license to pretty much do anything. Whereas third and eight or nine or ten, um, that's when you kind of pin your ears back a little bit. And so uh, I think it's a combination of a few things, but mainly teams are going, look, you're going to give us that, we're going to keep taking it. And so they're not having to force the ball down the field a lot. They're taking that short pass game, using it basically as an extension of the running game. And um, Penn State did it last year against Auburn. We'll see if Auburn can make some adjustments after two weeks of teams doing it again. Talking with Jason Caldwell here on Sports Call. And, Jason, uh, obviously a position that everybody wants to talk about is quarterback. Uh, T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford uh, keep kind of changing out, uh, taking different snaps there. Are, are you one of those that's the opinion that, uh, that this what they're doing is working, or are you kind of one of those that is the opinion that you kind of need to stick with a guy and let him get in the flow of the game and that it kind of throws things off when you're swapping him out? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just – I'm kind of the old school guy going, man, it's hard to play two quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, the in the end, you got to figure out, you know, when the game's on the line, you know, what are you going to do? Or, you know, and it's going to be family when the game's on the line. I'd be shocked if it's not. You might have one play, but I think you start to, especially if you can't get more of the offense for Robbie Ashford, then you're going to start, you're already limiting kind of what he's doing. Now, you could do it against San Jose State. You could do it against Mercer. Penn State, you know, Missouri and those teams, they're going to be good enough to go, look, that guy comes in the game, we're going to make somebody else touch it or make, or make him throw it, do something. And so um, in the context of the offense, you got to be able to run it. And, you know, I think we saw it a few years ago, Malik Willis, when he was young, those first couple of games, he was pretty good. Right. And then teams went, all right, well, I've already seen that guy. I, I know what's coming now. Can you add to what Robbie Ashford does? Well, last week only three passing attempts. It's hard to hard to add it until you do it. And so I, I think we're going to continue to see him in, in very small spurts. And I think we're going to see T.J. Finley you know, being the guy at quarterback moving forward. Jason Caldwell is here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers. Follow him on Twitter at ITAT Jason. And Jason, I think it would be a, a, a difficult thought exercise for you to sit here and, and talk about the number of different Auburn football games that you've seen inside Jordan-Hare Stadium over the years because that number is so plentiful. But coming up on Saturday, the Penn State Nittany Lions are going to be playing a football game inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. What kind of atmosphere do you expect to have on Saturday, and, and uh, how cool is it to, to get something like this at a stadium that we've been to so many times? Yeah, I think it I think it'd be a great atmosphere. Talking about orange... 2.30 kickoff. It should be really good inside. Yeah, I think it'll be a great atmosphere. And This is what this is what college football is all about. Um, you know, Ryan Harson was asked today about those those kickoff games. I like those too. Those are fine. But college football is a campus sport. Um, this is what it's all about, getting on campus and seeing the atmosphere and, and having having to walk into somebody's home field and, and win. You know, that's, that's what this game is all about. I mean, you, know, you asked about Alabama. That showed Saturday. If Alabama plays Texas in Atlanta, even in even in Arlington, yeah. it's a different game as compared to being on a home field. It's just it's just tougher, and um, and so I think you know if you're Auburn, that's the huge advantage you have is playing this game at home Saturday, and and you know uh, obviously you need to take care of business. That's a, it'd be a big be a big win for Auburn. What can we find on the website this week? Yeah, tons of previews already started from today. Uh, videos from press conferences today as well, and. You know, really get kicking into high gear. Should be a big recruiting weekend as well. So Christian Clemente, myself, will have all that covered. 
a team coverage, a columns from, from Philip Marshall, Mark Murphy is more. So full load there at AUTigersAuburnUndercover.com. Thank you so much for the time, Jason. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That's our good pal, Jason Caldwell, joining us there on the program. Like I said, a guy who's been to many, many, many different Auburn football games. And Penn State is coming to Jordan-Hare on Saturday. Yeah. Hoping th- that it's a great game for Auburn, but that's just going to be so cool to see that environment I, and atmosphere. Yeah. I, I think the two that I could kind of compare that to was, uh, especially when Southern Cal came here in 03, and then I guess maybe even to a lesser extent when West Virginia came here. Yeah. The, those are the two that I would kind of compare. You know, bigger, bigger time programs that come here. Uh, and play inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Those are the two that really jump out at me. It's going to be pretty epic happening on Saturday, again, inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. We have reached the end of hour number two of Sports Call. One hour left to go alongside Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. My name is J.J. Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry, Tom Peavy, and Brant Daughtry. It is a Monday, a Monday here on the program uh, and in life. I like to, I love how sometimes I make it seem like it's only Monday on our show, Tom, and not Monday for the rest <laughs> of the world. Like nobody else is experiencing Mondays. So that's only exclusive to us. We got a case of the Mondays. Indeed, indeed. That can happen Insane to people from time to time. Uh, people might be a little tired. And uh, yeah, but hey, the week will move on and we've got one more hour of the program left to go. We start the third hour every day with our daily show recap and we're going to do that right now. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, the Daily Show Recap here today. Tom Peavy, what's happened on Sports Call so far? Well, obviously we have talked a lot about Auburn's game against San Jose State. Uh, The fact that... Auburn did get a win, a very sloppy win, and a very close win when uh, a lot of people thought it would be a blowout. But Auburn took care of business, got a win, even though it was sloppy. So we've talked a lot about that. 
talked a lot about just college football in general and the craziness that went on, especially some of the big upsets. Wild weekend. Um, yeah, wild weekend of college football. As Well, I mean, that's just kind of college football. You, True. You end up with that a lot. Um, we had uh, Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers on with us talking about Auburn and college football. We have discussed the Braves and how the Braves uh, – Lost two or three to the Marlins and really should have been Mariners. Able to, Mariners, Mariners. What did I say? Marlins. Oh, Marlins. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Mariners. No, I had that to, would be even more yeah. upsetting. Yeah, we can't I, lose I to, to the Marlins. I, I knew who it was. I just said the wrong thing. <laughs> I got the Emma part right. You um, got the Mar part right. I got the Mar part right. Yeah, or Mayor. <laughs> Mayor Mar. The letter you got the M A R part right. Yeah. Yeah, just one's on the West Coast, one's on the East yeah, Coast. both teams. One's in the AL, one's in the NL. Right. So I was way off except the MAR part. Right. Uh, but uh, we had talked about uh, – we kind of talked extensively about Kenley Jensen and the fact that he blew uh, blew a save uh, in, that, uh, in that finale against the Mariners where the Braves had rallied in the ninth inning to take a lead. And then Kenley Jensen blew it. And, you know, we, we discussed is he an actual liability for this team. Uh, Braves, well, you said one and a half back now yep. uh, after taking the lead over the Mets. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've kind of – we've bounced around NFL. We, we've talked a good bit about NFL and yeah. uh, and, and how great the Falcons are. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Every Sunday you can listen to Falcons football games right here on your radio dial on Tiger 95.9 FM. And yeah, the Falcons were outscored seventeen to zero in the fourth quarter yesterday. Even they, That's uh, never happened before. Look. Yeah, boy, they were they were pretty lousy. I mean, Let's take fa- some phone calls. The Falcons have never blown a fourth quarter lead. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one. As uh, we'll go to the Auburn Bank phone line and joining us now on the program, Terry from Auburn. Terry has called into the program. Hi, Terry. Good afternoon, guys. How y'all doing? Very well. Very Thanks great. for asking. JJ, by your, I mean, uh, JJ, Tom, by your theory, did that mean TJ Finley went in the locker room and said, I threw an interception, but I got everybody lined up right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, okay. I, well, hey, hey, he's, he's going to be, he's your QB1, though. Yeah. Got to roll with him. But for, well, good, bat, good bat, good bat. Right well, good bat or ugly, he is your QB1. Uh, I think he is your better option, especially throwing than Robbie Ashford. And I mentioned this before. You know, that's not saying a lot. And if T.J. Finley is your QB1 and Robbie Ashford is your clear QB2, then goodness gracious, Zach Calzada must be god-awful. If he can't, if he's if he's worse than what we've seen, then goodness gracious, that kid must be really bad or just still really injured. Let me tell you guys the most disturbing thing I heard Sunday and today by a by, by group of Auburn fans. Well, at least basketball season's around the corner. Yeah, that that's, is not what you want to hear. I'm sorry, this is not Duke. Yeah, that that's uh-huh. kind of the, that's the that is the <laughs> that's the running joke with Auburn yeah. right now is we're ready for basketball season because yeah, that's where the excitement is. Program, but, yeah, that's disturbing, guys. It really is. Yeah. And and are you guys under the impression because I am that Brian Harson is just he's gonna he's gonna follow T.J. Finley all the way to the unemployment line, and he that's just his guy and. Tom, I hear what you say about Robbie Ashford, but you can't make a true assessment of guy don't play more than two plays back to back. Well, he's got to yeah, get into rhythm. He's well, got to be allowed that opportunity. Well, well then, but you he's, can. He but was you, allowed you can, that opportunity you can, to throw the ball. You can say the same thing about T.J. Finley, though. Is let's quit bringing Robbie Ashford in there and let T.J. get in the groove of the game. Stop getting in the groove and then having to run off the field and let Robbie come in and and just basically do run plays. Um, I I firmly believe that T.J. Finley won that quarterback job, 
and that's the guy that Hearts is going to run with. Now, is he going to run it to the unemployment line? That's a very good possibility. But there's a reason that T.J. Finley was named QB1 and not Robbie Ashford, and that's what you got to go with. Uh, I just it's The only place T.J. Finley could be the starting quarterback is Auburn right now because the quarterback room is so bad. I just don't think when you I just don't think Robbie Ashford had a pro- appropriate chance to get in the rhythm. Now he, can he pass? Probably not. But but at least he could be allowed the opportunity to get in the rhythm. TJ Finley can go in there and say, "Well, I've thrown three interceptions in two games, guys. That's not good." Because the one thing that to come to TJ Finley's defense was, "I don't turn the ball over." Well, now he's turning the ball over. Yeah. Well, TJ also got himself straightened out after the interception and the and the the interceptions Again, in the uh, San first... Jose State. Tom, sure, no, no, no. I I I agree. But he 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 rectified things. He, he didn't get down on himself, and he actually played pretty darn well in the second half. In the second sure. half, he just got to be consistent. We got to get that TJ Finley that we saw in the second half, the whole and, game, and the, and the TJ Finley that we see that makes the back shoulder throws and the mate. The we've seen these throws by TJ. They're like, oh wow, you know, Very we gotta quality, have that all the time, man. Throws. We can't. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a down half and then suddenly show up in the second half. I mean, we got to uh, be more consistent. Do you think we're going to see that, T.J. Finley? No. Yeah. I, okay, do, I, I No, I personally agree. don't. I don't think T.J. Finley is a very good quarterback. But I think he's think the best that you got right best now. Best option. Yeah. I think we can all agree that this would be a tremendous win for Auburn. But what could a loss be, guys? What's your opinion? Because I heard fan bases talking about starting to turn on them a little bit, and this is the kind of this the kind of loss I think could start turning the team against Brian Harson. Against Penn State? Mm-hmm. I, if I mean, it's the right kind of loss, I'm not saying if they lose by three points, no. But if they, what if what if Penn State come in there and beat Auburn thirty-one to six? Then sure, well, that's but, on more than the quarterback. Yeah, I, sure it is. So, well, I mean, here, here's the thing, Terry. Uh, Auburn is in a situation right now where the fan base is already on edge, and mm-hmm. I think even boosters are on edge. It just people just have a general dismay for the way this program is going right now. That I think any loss, I think even a three-point loss, people are still going to be like, "Nope, it's done. Get rid of him. Got to be done." They were people were screaming and yelling. I looked on social media after the first drive against mm-hmm. San Jose. First drive, and everybody was already jumped off. Everybody was already toes over the cliff, ready to jump after one drive. It was a bad opening drive. Sure, it was really bad. But but if you lose a game, and again, if it, yes, it's Penn State. They're they're a, a good program. They're a traditional program. Even if they come in here and win by three points, ranked number twenty two in the country right now. Yeah, but even if they come in here and win by three points, there's still going to be people that are ready to jump off the cliff because they're already ready to jump off the cliff anyway. So any they little just like excitement in life. Any yeah, any little slip up by this team, people are going to be jumped off off because I mean there's a lot of people that are already not liking Harson. They don't like. TJ Finley, they don't like Robbie Ashford, they don't like this, they don't like that. There's so many of the fan base that are ready to jump off that cliff already. And so, yeah, any loss, it's not that he's going to be done, but, I mean, a lot of fans are going to be done with him. Where are you in relation to the cliff? I'm I'm not near the cliff. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of sitting there looking at the I'm, – I'm you're, the, you're observing the cliff. The cliff, the cliff is in view. The cliff is, <laughs> the cliff is in view. But, I mean, I've kind of been looking at the cliff since they made the hire. And then as I've seen the lack of recruiting going Are you getting closer to on, it? I don't know that – see, I don't know that I'm ever going to be one of those that jumps off the cliff. Um, Why? I, just, well, I mean, I just have to be – I have to look at things on a realistic 
sure. aspect. I, so now, as an Auburn fan, I might jump off the cliff, but as a journalist and as a trying to be a neutral observer and things like that, I can't jump off the cliff. I just got to call it like it is. Um, I would, but I would say, yeah, that cliff is in view. But I mean, the cliff has been in view for me since Malzahn was here because changes needed to be made there because the program was not going in the right direction. I am not sold and was not sold from the very beginning that Brian Harson was the guy that was going to put this thing back on the right direction. And I'm still feeling that way. Now, again, am I ready to jump off the cliff? No, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not sold on the direction of things right now. Terry, get back oh. in here. Well, as, as I have said, Brian Harson is not the best. He was just the first guy to say yes. And that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. He's not going to change the culture at Auburn. He's just not going to do it. That's been done down here for, for, for you know, 100 years, for a century. So um, well, he's just got to do things a little better. He's not going to make – you know, uh, he's just not going to – it's just not going to happen, guys. And, and no, even if he went, uh, you know, 14-0 or 13-0, won the national title and win every game by, you know, double digits, some people still dislike him. Yeah. Well, Terry, when you're talking about Harson, and this is one of the things that I think he is uh, he is kind of behind the eight ball on this. It's a conversation that we had during SEC media days with uh, with Jake Crane. Mm-hmm. There will not be a coach successful at Auburn. It, it doesn't matter who it is until they have full control yep. of that program. Until they allow him to do what he needs totally to do agree. to fix it. And 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 the other thing is. Until a coach is allowed to have that full control of the program, none of the bigger name coaches that everybody go wants to go after as the home run hire, they're not going to come here Never. unless they get full control. And all you got to do is look across the state. It well exactly. Nick Saban has full control of what goes on with that program. Kirby Smart has full control of what goes on on that program. Right now, Auburn is not giving their coach full control, and until that happens, they will not be successful. And no big name coach is going to leave anywhere to come to Auburn where they are handcuffed and they can't do what they need to do with the program. Maybe a new athletic director will allow that. I don't know. Um, I don't know if the boosters are just still so much in power that they have their hands in the cookie jar. But they, they're, but it, but I'm telling you, if Auburn wants to have, be successful, if they want to get a big-name coach in here and get this program on the level of an Alabama or Georgia or an Ohio State – they're gonna they're gonna have to give the coach 100 percent full autonomy of the program, and until they agree to do that and are allowed to do that, we're we're just gonna be spinning tires, and it'll be mediocre. You'll have a good season here and a bad season here, and you'll be you know everybody will be if they have hair they'll be pulling their hair out, and the hair they do have will be going gray. But you know you 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 have to give the coach full control, or we're just gonna keep treading this same thing. Over and over and over again. Well, this is why I was so humored when before the season started two weeks ago. Everybody's talking about TJ Finley's gotten better. TJ Finley has not gotten any better. He has he gotten got, significantly he better, better, Terry. Lining people, but he's not better. He after has the gotten ball significantly he is, better. He is not after the ball snaps. Yes, I, after the ball I, snaps. Actually, I, after, I, no. after that pick was thrown, Terry, he went twelve of fifteen for what one hundred and fifty something yards. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't call three interceptions in two games getting better. Uh, well, but you got to you got to look. He's at more. inconsistent. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> you gotta you gotta look at more than just the three interception. So listen, the, the the thing with TJ that drives me crazy is his mechanics. It, it is, he is so uncomfortable to watch when he's back there. There's nothing fluid about what he does. It's very stiff, very rigid, and it scares me to death when the ball comes out of his hands. However, 
I have noticed that where he has improved is after the snap to be able to read where players are going. Now, is he, does he get fooled sometimes? Sure. That's what leads to some of the picks. Does he make a bad throw here and there? Sure. That leads to a pick. But it, he is not so grossly bad that you're just like, please get him off the field. I don't care who they start back there. I mean, start snapping the ball to Tank Bigsby for all I care. It's not that bad. Now, are there some inconsistencies? Sure. But he has made the improvements, and especially, like I said, reading a defense and figuring some things out. He's just got to work on the consistency. I don't see it, guys. I don't see it at all. He he's he's not gotten any better. So he's just got an NFL a major SEC and NFL body. And and you know Brian Harson has let his ego get out of control and think, well, I can fix anything, and he can't. I mean, it worked Terry, out. Terry, home, but I, don't I know you don't have you don't have Nick Saban across the state and Kirby Smart across the state line. Terry, I I really think that you've just. Your opinion on T.J. Finley is what it is, and I don't think he can do anything to change that. And you know what? There's plenty of evidence to back me up, too. Oh, I think there's plenty of, plenty of evidence to the contrary as well. I think I've got more evidence on my side. <laughs> well, well, obviously, or you would listen if to what I we're saying. If I was Brian Harson, I'd find out if Auburn had a karaoke bar, I'd learn the words to hit the road, Jack. Take care, guys. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Terry. We appreciate the call. Good Lord. 887-3401, toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Any and everybody, uh, welcome to call into the program and share your thoughts and opinions. So there, there is obviously a reason that T.J. Finley got the QB one over Robbie Ashford, right? Ro- Robbie, and we Ash- saw that this week. Sure, Robbie Ashford is a running quarterback, but you know I don't know that he is a passing quarterback. Robbie Ashford is also not an experienced quarterback. If we, we got to remember that he came in from Oregon, didn't, but he had not taken a single snap. He didn't play at all at Oregon, so it's not like he's got a vast majority or vast amount of experience. T.J. Finley had playing time at LSU finished out the season last year as your starting QB, he's got plenty of experience. And apparently those two, if you think that's bad and get Zach Calzada sitting at three, he whatever. must be terrible. Yeah, your other your is. other option is a true freshman. Holden Garner, bring so, it on. So I mean Garner. What are you me. gonna what I mean what are you I th- gonna I think do? it is Gurner. It it's is pronounced Gurner. Gurner. Yeah. Ah, okay. So so I mean what what are your options? Other than you scrap every single quarterback on the field, like I said, which is obviously stupid, but what are you going to do? Just line Tank Bigsby or Jarquez back there in the uh, uh, the the what Wild you, the Wildcat and just run it like that? You know what? You know, just you know, pass and be damn. We're just going to run the ball. We're, well, we're going to turn into Army Navy or whatever, and we're just going to run the ball. We might throw it once or twice every game. That's you the thing. What? That's it's what it. I. That's what I think. Robbie Ashford's offense is right now. It's a more complicated sure. wildcat. You've got like yeah. five or six plays that they've run out of it so far. Sure. I don't trust Robbie Ashford to throw the ball, and I don't think no. this coaching staff does either. And you've yeah. got to be able to pass. What you, you have he to. Has had, he has had one pass that was. That big pass against yeah, yep. Mercer, but and other again, than that, it, again, like deep throws are the are easy. It is easy to look at your fastest wide receiver and say, "You run as fast as you can. I'm, I'm going to throw it. it as, I'm going to throw it as far as I can, and you're going to beat that guy because you're a better runner than he is." Right. That's it. That's easy if you have the athletes to do it. And Auburn does. Is it? Let me jump in. Is it fair to say that both things are true? Yes. Is it fair to point out because this is where I'm at, right? And we've and, and Terry. Uh, appreciate his phone calls. Sure. He's called in way more frequently since fall camp started. An absolute blessing, and can't wait to continue to talk to Terry throughout this whole football season. Has TJ Finley gotten better? I would agree with you guys. Yeah, I think he has gotten better, but I do think Terry is validated in saying the fact that in SEC games last year, guys, TJ Finley only threw one interception, and against 
Mercer and San Jose State, he's thrown three picks. He has. Yep. It's it's been it, look. I'm not saying TJ Finley's perfect. I, I think no. both things he's, are that's, true. That's the yeah. inconsistency. He's better, there. Yeah, but he just needs to be more consistent. You played SEC dis- games last year, bro, and you didn't throw the interceptions. Yeah. Not until the Iron Bowl did you turn the ball over. Decision making. And then in two games better. against lousy competition, you threw three interceptions. Sure. And What's then interesting to his to me, same topic with Robbie Ashford, all you know, marking him off as a passer already. I think the argument is fair that if you gave him more opportunities, you would get a better idea. Well, if it's bad, at least you know it's bad. Do you know wholeheartedly that it's going to be bad, and you just don't? Here's why I think no, we do not know. No, we don't know. But that they coaching staff, that coaching staff has watched Robbie Ashford throw the ball for 20 hours a week, right? For two months now, and they've also done that with T.J. Finley, and he's thrown three interceptions. Yes. when he didn't do that last so, year. So good lord, what is Robbie doing? The, yeah. the in the game coaches know more than fans, right? And in game's got to be where we're really evaluating things now. It has to be at this point in time because, I mean, like if you, you said, T.J. three if picks. You, I mean, it's, if you can't throw in practice, you will no, not you be able to throw in, in a game, and that's fair. And that's fair. I, I agree with you on that. It's just you got to. With TJ, right, we're seeing him throw in practice, and obviously he's doing well in practice. But as soon as the lights come on, three, three I picks. Don't, look, I don't even think he's doing better in practice than he's doing in a game. I just think he's doing better than Robbie. I, and again, I that's fair. TJ Finley, other than the interceptions he's thrown, and under, I under, I'm not trying to shortchange these turnovers. Turnovers are a big deal. You can't right. have them. But other than the turnovers, TJ's looked really good. I agree. He's looked very solid. He's that, looked really in the second half of that game last Saturday. TJ Finley looked game. as good as he's looked in an Auburn uniform. I agree. So I agree. and he he even made a throw that he got picked off on last week. Where do you properly evaluate Robbie Ashford's running ability? Because we're not it's doing elite. that. It's elite. He's so good. how do you it's how do you factor that in? You've got to be able to throw the football. You have to. If you're going to be a quarterback in the SEC, you have to be able to yeah, throw, the ball. throw the ball. I think a team's got to be able to run the ball. And is Auburn running the ball that well right now? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You think definitely so? They, the listen, run. They, run yeah, it, I mean, they run it better with not, Robbie. Maybe not amazing. But look, if, but you go, if you go out there and you go, we're just going to run zone read every play and throw it five times a game, your best opportunity is seven and five. That is the best you're going to get. Yeah. And that's, that's if the defense plays better than it's played so far. Not good choices right now, or options. Right. So, uh, you know, with Robbie Ashford, I mean, he, he is – Obviously, more of the running threat. I mean, when he comes in, you're basically you're you're putting two running backs on the field. It's triple I mean, option it, football at that sure. point. Yeah, you've got two running backs, and sometimes maybe even three running backs. I mean, so he's he's basically a running back that might be able to kind of throw the ball. He's some. got he's got a cannon for sure. Sure, just don't know where it's going half the time. Most of, on those again, those deep balls. He throws a great deep ball. Yeah. Deep balls are easy to throw and they're hard to pay off. We want to see those but, intermediate but you, throws. But you need that ten to fifteen. That's yeah. where TJ Finley excels. Right. So, but you know, it's also where he's throwing three interceptions. Yeah. The the thing the thing with Robbie Ashford is you know when he comes in and you know he's got the dynamic running ability. Teams are already going to be stacking the line to try to shut down Tank Bigsby yeah. and Jarquez Hunter, and, and especially when you bring him in. Now you're really looking at at run. And so if if with him if you're if the guy if the running is what you're going to have to do, then you're already 
dead kind of you're you're dead in the water because yeah. that's what they're keen. So on. then you're to the point where you would just rather not see Robbie Ashford at all. No, I think I no. think every now and then is fine to bring in, and especially if you have some package deals. It's uh, just, the, the 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 play that they ran the the actual triple option deal where they went jet sweep and then and then uh, did the option pitch to tank. That's a good play. That's a great play. And if you have some wrinkles and some different things that you can, can do get so much out of, of that, sure. It's just I just feel like if you're but that's bringing not, Robbie Ashford in, you put Tank right next to him, yeah. run play every but, single time. But that run but play, that, right? But those those predictable. Are, those are packaged things. Those are those are wrinkles. That's situational, that can, sure. It's situational, situational and different wrinkles. And there's nothing wrong with that. But this, but it's offense, not an offense, right? This offense and what this offense wants to do, and what their base set and what they want to do the vast majority of the game is what TJ Finley gives you. That is under center. Power power handoffs, you know, right or you know, right or left sweeps. Periodically, you're going to do the play action from under center. You are going to do your shotgun and kind of give that RPO look, but it's going to be more of that NFL oriented type offense is what they want to do. The Robbie Ashford is not the type of guy that can do that. He's the guy that can come in there and give you a little bit of some different looks, some different wrinkles. I just don't think he's the guy that is going to give you that NFL quote unquote NFL type offense. It's here's, just not what he's built for. He's an, he's just the he's a run stop. He's he's a run guy. Yeah, he, here's he's a here's run what guy. it here's what it comes down to. What Robbie Ashford can do that TJ Finley cannot is run the ball at an elite level. He's an incredible athlete. We all know that. What TJ Finley can do that Robbie Ashford cannot is make throws can, with some level of consistency. He can throw the ball over the middle of the field, 10 to 15 yards, over the linebackers, under the safeties, in front of the chasing corner. Very, it's, That's what T.J. Finley can do. And in today's college football, I need my quarterback to be able to throw more than I need him to be able to run. Why have the interceptions happened this year? Uh, it's kind of interesting. Staring it's, down it, receivers. All, well, one time. One, one time. To, well, one from each, right? One, I look. One the, from, the, I'm focused on TJ Finley throwing the, the ball. Why have those interceptions happened? The throw against San Jose, the interception against San Jose. Brian Harson said that was the right was read. It? I don't think it was, but it I was don't a very think, good play by the DB. It was an incredible play by the DB. But here's the problem: you're lined up on the left hash, and you're trying to make a five yard out yeah. to the opposite yeah, sideline. That's, that's a 30, 40 yard throw in the air that you're trying to fit into a window that is all the way over there. It, I don't like that throw. Here's no. the pr- here's the other problem. The reason that TJ was hurried on that play is because you got a free rusher. They blitzed, and Auburn didn't prepare for that blitz. Their protection was slut, slud, slid, slid to the <laughs> left. <laughs> Auburn slid the offensive line's protection to the left, which was the right call. But then that linebacker comes. Here's the thing: when you've got a linebacker in your face, you know that that pressure is coming. That means there's not a linebacker right, back here in anymore. The yeah. Replace the blitz with the ball. That's and. Auburn had a drag route. I think it was Tarvaris Dawson was running a drag route right behind where that linebacker used to be. So if TJ throws that ball to to Chick, then that's a seven, eight yard gain right. at least. Right. And Tarvaris Dawson's fast enough to turn to make it into something else. But Harson said it was the right read. I disagree. I really hope that that's just him protecting his guy. Um, and if it, if it's not, then you know I've got questions. But uh, the fact that that route was even available is questionable to me. I think if if you want to make that throw, you've got to go the other way. Um, the one was a really one was staring down a receiver. That was the second pick against Mercer, and the first pick against Mercer was just an underthrow. Yep. Which, by the way, again, 
in, in the game against San Jose State. He was asked to make the same exact throw, and this time he and made he it. he did. Well, now, one of those interceptions that TJ threw, and I can't remember which one of the ones it was, but wasn't there one that was a bad snap? It was a high snap that he had to get that kind of like threw the timing off. I was listening to it on the radio, and Andy and those guys were talking about there was a there, bad snap that would have thrown the timing off of what they were trying to do. But now that's one of those TJ's got to be smart enough to eat that. If the, if the timing is off, you can't force that. I, I don't recall ever seeing a snap that was bad. There yeah. were a few like that said, I'm were... I'm going off of what Andy and yeah, those guys on the radio there were, They were next to his head rather than the center of his chest, which is where you want your snaps to go if you're a center. Uh, but, th- but there was nothing that was so bad that it messed up timing. He did drop a snap mm-hmm. uh, in this last game, and it was a perfect snap. But, you know, he picked it up, and Tank was there. Uh, that's, the other, that's the other thing about TJ. He's got some gamesmanship to him. When the play breaks down, he has the ability not to scramble, not to make something out of nothing when he's being chased by super athletes. But if something goes wrong, he does not panic. He like he found Tank. That remember the winning touchdown yeah. against Georgia State yeah. last year. He got under pressure. There was a five guys on him immediately, but he still ended up making the throw. He has the ability to do that. That's something else that I do like about TJ. And look, I'm defending TJ a lot. I don't think T.J. Finley is the best quarterback of all time. I don't think he's going to be an upper-half quarterback in the SEC. But I'm saying right now, this is he's the best option. 34 pass attempts on the season for T.J. Finley. Three interceptions thus far. 128 a season ago, just one. So already thrown a quarter of what he threw a year ago, and the turnovers are there. Again, I, I want to be on the record saying I think both things are true. I think he's gotten better. But I think the interceptions are really scary. Yeah, because absolutely, guys, we got huge, yeah, huge, huge games. games coming up this year. You just can't be uh, coming up this week and in the weeks to come. I just I got to protect the football. Teams against tougher, like tougher opponents, are just going to make you pay. Like, I just went back, especially out. when your defense is not getting no. you turnovers, and this Auburn defense is not getting turnovers yeah. right now. That's the thing that I'm more concerned. Got to be with. able to take care of the these, football. These fifty-fifty balls, Auburn has not come down with a single one of them defensively. So, so That's close change. getting an in- interception. I think it was DJ James. It was, yeah, and and he. Played the ball really, really well. I, he, he broke on it like half a step. Pick, yeah. He broke on it half a step late. Dead gummit, but he saw just, it perfectly. Yeah, and I that's mean, what you have to do when you're playing off coverage is what Auburn – Break on the ball. Yeah, Auburn is doing that more. The The thing is, I'm, I'm shocked not that Auburn's playing more off coverage. I think Auburn needs to be able to play off coverage because when you're going up against the receivers that you're going to go up against yeah. in the SEC, you're going to get burned if you try to play press man for every sure, single time. Sure. Uh and, and Auburn's doesn't have super experienced safeties back there. They've got guys that are good, they're talented, yeah. but you, you don't want them having to cover th- for those mistakes all the time. But when you're going against a team that gave up seven sacks the week before and you know a strength of your team is going to be the defensive line, why are you playing off so much? You know that they're going to be quick. You know they're going to be throwing short routes. Uh, so I, I would have played up more than Auburn did in this game. I'm more concerned with the game plan than the execution. Agreed. We've gone far too long here in this opening segment, so much so that we got to pay some bills and give you a TV guide when we come back. Winding down a Monday edition of the program, Sports Call continues in a moment on Tiger 95.9 FM. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter. 
by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. And boy, oh boy, have we had a fun show today. It has flown by, to say the least. Had a lot of lively phone calls. Great interview uh, earlier today with our pal Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. Coming up tomorrow, fellas. Tomorrow on Sports Call at 3.15, Dave Archer is going to be on Sports Call. The former Atlanta Falcons quarterback, current nice. color commentator for the Falcons Radio Network. He's got exclusive post-game interviews with Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota, a part of their coverage, and then breaking down the X's and O's during the game. He's going to be on Sports Call. So uh, we'll have to talk about the uh, end to the Falcons game on Sunday, unfortunately. But unfortunately. Dave Archer was there in person to watch every snap of it. So he's going to be able to help us kind of break down exactly what all went wrong for Atlanta? Hey Dave, how, do, how does a how does a football team finish a fourth quarter? <laughs> yeah. How does a football team win a game? And how does a team continue to make up new ways to lose said games? Yeah, that's also a fair question. How, how does Jameis Winston flip the switch in the way he did? Because uh, you because uh, you, you, you get out of his face. Yeah, exactly. Stop yeah. pressuring him. You that know, fourth just, quarter was crazy. That you, fourth quarter, the this. The Jarvis Landry, AJ, Michael Thomas, AJ Terrell. Plays. AJ oh. Terrell's a really good football player. Extremely. But the the Falcons have been pushing him as a top five corner. He's your shutdown corner. Your best guy's not going to get open on AJ Terrell. Michael Thomas cooked that man. <laughs> Up like, until just that point, though, that's, ate his lunch when it mattered. Up until that game, that was true. So you can say you could say that, Michael. I mean. Every corner gets beat. Jalen Ramsey got yeah. Look, every busted. corner gets beat, but not six times in five minutes. Agreed. I mean, they just kept targeting AJ Terrell's also th- not Jalen Ramsey. No, he's not Jalen. I'm not no. saying he's Jalen. He Ramsey, might be one day, but, but he's he not. Could yet. be yeah. one day. And, but I'm saying it. But that's exactly what I'm saying. Also, AJ Terrell's not Jalen Ramsey. Absolutely ate, his ate him. Exactly. That's my point. Weren't they playing him more as like a nickel corner in that game too? It, Weren't they playing Ramsey as more of a nickel he guy? Said I. I kind of said a little bit on the podcast. Uh, he he was on some podcast that they were doing. Um, and he said he was, I mean, essentially assigned to following Diggs okay. around. And and yeah, and they he had is, Diggs in the slot yeah, more yeah, than anything. Yeah, they had Diggs in the slot. Diggs does very well in the slot. He does. Um, and I would love to be a slot receiver, oh man. Gosh, you got so, so much fun. room to work. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, over. I mean, overall, just that fourth quarter was just ugly for the Falcons. I mean, just I mean, even the the game plan, the first three quarters went exactly how it was supposed to go, in my opinion. You run the ball, run it down their throats. The offensive line was getting solid push. We were getting three, four The running game worked for the yards. Atlanta Falcons I mean, of the all running, teams. I mean, Cordero Patterson had 100 yards rushing. Snapped a 20-game win streak or a 20-game streak for the Saints of not allowing a 100-yard rusher. Like, we did that. Then we went away from it and stopped getting Cordero downhill. We started running kind of towards the outside, and that's where the Saints started getting to us. It stopped allowing us to, to run our game plan because – like I said, the game plan seemed for the offense was to run the ball down their throats. As soon as they start loading the box, which is exactly what the Saints did, we started throwing the ball to the outside, and it worked. And then 
the defense started playing prevent defense. We stopped. We started playing off, and they just started just tearing us up and just let Jameis Winston pick us apart. We stopped getting in his face, and it it resulted in a loss. Tough loss yesterday for the Atlanta Falcons. Also saw uh, in the National Football League, Joe Burrow had a tough day at the office, Damn, throwing interception after interception after interception. Still, like nuts. you said. Had a chance to win the game. Patrick Mahomes just said, "You know what? I'm really good at this." <laughs> yeah. He's he an reminded thing. everybody that he is and maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. On his name, five uh, tutties, casual. Yet again, Aaron Rodgers, um, a loss on opening day, and yet we've seen MVP performances <laughs> over Rodgers over the past few seasons. Last two years, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, said, 85 touchdowns to nine interceptions. I Unreal said, numbers for Aaron Rodgers. I said this. It's been like the last three years, pretty much, because I have. I've had Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team pretty consistently because, you know, he's a pretty he's good great. quarterback. And it's that week one. Last year they got beat by the Saints like 30-3, to three, I yeah. think. And the year before they got bodied by Tampa Bay like 33-6 to six or something like that. And it's just like week They'll one turn performances. The switch on. Yeah, yeah. They just, he just struggles in that week one. This year, same thing, 20-7, to seven, lost to the, to the Vikings. So – I'm sure he'll bounce back, and I would really appreciate it if he did. Last night we saw a total lack of offense from the Dallas Cowboys, and Dak Prescott yeah. now out six Oof. to eight weeks. Yeah, real Tough rough. sledding there for uh, for the Cowboys. we got about a minute and a half, two minutes left in the program, so we're going to squeeze in one more quick phone call here. We go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Time winding down, but calling us. Anthony from Auburn. Anthony has called into Sports Call. Hi, Anthony. Hey, guys, you know, I'll tell you, this is the week that everybody's been waiting on, TV land, all these Auburn fans. The Nittany Lions are coming to town, calling on Auburn. Parson got to give that exam this weekend. Will he pass? Will he uh, make a D or F or will he get the A or whatever he might do? I tell you, that quarterback situation, what I've seen the last couple of weeks, is just like a revolving door, just like a credit card. If this one don't work, you use the other one. Y'all have a good day, and I'll call you back tomorrow, and i talk like I need to talk. Have All right, one. perfect. Thank you for that. That's our, uh, our good pal, Anthony. Yeah, it is going to be a big test for Auburn coming up on Saturday when they take on Penn State. Here's our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. It's our Nightly TV Guide, and it's brought to you by White Claw Heart Seltzer. Stop by your local TK's convenience store. Pick up a variety pack of White Claw today. Tonight, 7 o'clock, NBC, the 74th Emmy Awards. The Emmy Awards are tonight on NBC for those interested 7 o'clock on USA, WWE, Monday Night Raw. Wrestling. Back in action a little bit later tonight. Wrestling, indeed. At 7.15 on ESPN, the Denver Broncos, led by quarterback Russell Wilson, travel to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. We saw Baker Mayfield play his former team yesterday, but at home with the Carolina Panthers. How about this? Russell Wilson... First game in another uniform, and it's back at Seattle, guys. Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> oh, I like the time. Uh, I came I came very close to naming my fantasy team Broncos country because my quarterback is Russell there Wilson. There you go. Ah. Uh, Braves and Giants tonight at 845 on Valley Sports South. And then Tom Peavy's pick of the evening, 8 o'clock, CNBC, Shark Tank. Uh, a new episode of Shark Tank coming I on used a little to bit watch later. Shark Tank religiously. I loved that. I show. haven't watched it as much. I haven't watched over it the in years. A very long time. Did you like it at one point? It, it was okay. I, I 
said that it was your pick of the evening because I was just trying to be funny, yeah. not knowing if you've ever seen it before, but <laughs> you have seen it. You are no Bill Bailey. Yeah, he's so good at that. <laughs> we miss him doing those TV guides on Mondays. Tom, we'll see you on Wednesday. Yes, be here. Brant, we'll see you soon. You will. Cam Barry, thanks for being here. We'll see you soon as well. Glad to be here. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling in to Auburn's first Auburn's favorite sports talk show. For Cam Barry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.